know you got it Fix your crown now, sis It's fix your crown with Shanice Khalil Fix your crown now, sis Get that it, no, no, you got it Fix your crown now, sis Get that it, no, 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 you got it Fix your crown now, sis Get that it, no, no, you got it Fix your crown now, sis It's fix your crown with Shanice Khalil I know sometimes it gets hard like I know sometimes you can't see the fire But just know what got on your side Everything will be alright Hi you guys When I tell y'all work has been taking a toll on me I just clocked out And I'm like let me just get all the stuff out the way They gotta do For I can just be lazy in a few minutes But no this podcast actually been on my mind for like a minute. I'm actually um, making this website now. I finally found the way how to make a website. Because I really want to do a website where I have like my events, um, resources to donate for the homeless. And I also want to do like a Facebook group page and put on the site. Like I want to do resume templates, cover letters. Um, like comment interview questions like I used to get paid to do like resumes and cover letters but for some reason like I never like accepting money from people when I did it. like it didn't feel good when I was getting paid for like some reason it was a more enjoyable feeling when I was doing it for free crazy as that sound but yeah but then I don't have the free time to do resumes no more so I'm like how about I just upload the templates that I use and just come up with a step list on how to make the resume and like come up with some common questions some cover letters and thank you letters like it's really important to send like a thank you letter after somebody interview you but that's just like some stuff that I'm trying to like focus on outside of my event but no what I want to talk about today again I just made one. I keep saying I'm going to do guest host, but I just don't be knowing who to do one with. I really don't. But no, um, I think I supposed to do this like a month ago or whatever. We have two soulmates. Well, this is my opinion. I could be wrong, but I really think this and I think I learned this. First of all, soulmates is not in the Bible. That's not a term that God used. I remember probably like three years ago or two years ago. I used to think that God only had one person on this earth for us. Like one day I'll magically bump into this guy and he he's my perfect Prince Charming. Like that's how I used to view it. Like I used to think that it was only one person designed to love me and just to pick me. That was my headspace. And I remember when I had that headspace or that train of thought, it actually had me in bondage for a good two years literally it had me in bondage for two years and i mean bondage it had me stuck somewhere mentally when i should have been moving forward with my life and the reason why i was in bondage because i really thought this one particular person was the one like i thought that he was the one i didn't think that didn't get no better than this like i didn't think i would never find that chemistry that connection again i was just so sure that was the one and i was like so since I thought that was the one, my brokenness had me tolerating stuff that I should never tolerate because I thought that was the one. Like, if this the one, then I'm going to put up with whatever they throw at me because eventually we're going to work through to fix it. We're going to be together anyways. I was naive and stupid. But what I learned that's so valuable, um, I seen a post on Facebook and it was saying how we get three types of loves in our life. 
and it said the first one is um they said the first one is like your first love like the first guy you ever met you fell in love with like the guy like your teenage love or whatever then said second love is the love where you think this is the one but y'all go through a bunch of terrible things but you gain so many lessons from it and they said the third love is when it when it hits you unexpectedly and you finally meet that person. And I really believe that. Like I always seen it on social media. But I truly, truly believe that it's some truth to that. But what I want to talk about, I believe we have two different soulmates. I don't believe in soulmates, but I believe that there's two people that we can consider. And soulmates for me, God can prepare anybody to be your husband or be your wife, whatever the case may be. God can prepare anybody to play that role in your life. It's not just one particular person. Like, as you preparing to heal and get better, God can be working on somebody else that you don't even have a clue about. And they can be getting better. They can be um, just healing and trying to, like, prepare themselves for you. Like, that person can be anybody. It's just not one particular person. But what I meant by we have two different soulmates the broken version of us, the broken version of us have a soulmate and the healed version of us have a soulmate and how i discovered that because what i once desired when i was broken i don't desire it while i'm healed or while i'm healing let me rephrase that cuz i'm still healing from a lot of stuff or whatever but this healed version is better version of myself that i became my taste buds change. Um, I'm not negotiating certain conversations. Like I felt like I had to negotiate like with two different people where my celibacy. And I remember when I first started being celibate, um, I would mess up my journey to please them or I would cancel out the standard I set for myself to please their needs. And they was cool with that. They was cool with me messing up a standard I set for myself. And that's when I knew, like, wait, but that was a broken version of me allowing myself to do that. But not a healed version. There's absolutely no way that I'm out to negotiate me being celibate. That's what I am. Respect it, respect it or just keep it pushing. The choice is yours. Regardless, life going to go on. So I realized when I was broken, um, I was attracting broken people. I realized I was attracted to certain things. I was settling for certain things. I was putting up with so much stuff. And when I used to think that person was the one for me, this was the only person God made for me, me not knowing, it was the broken version of me thinking that. The broken version of me create that image of them and put them on a high pedestal to be that person in my life. And now that I'm healed, it's like, not saying this in a negative way, that's actually me settling. Now that I see the things that I used to think that was my soulmate, that was actually me settling. And that's not saying a person is a bad person. Because I tell all my exes, like, I hope and pray that when you get it together and heal, I hope you do find, like, a woman that love you and can be that person. Because in the day, everybody ever dated, they are some good people. They just um, haven't went through that process. And when you skip the process of healing, it changes our character and it make you hurt people who don't really deserve it. But the way I view it now... Um, if I was to go back to my past or if I was to date people in my past, it's me settling. But when I was broken, I couldn't see that as me settling. Like these men probably was over above me and I'm thinking like they just out here doing better than me and like stuff like that. I had them on a high pedestal. But now that I took the route of me healing and me actually getting better, now that I see like Shanice, if you was to do that, you're settling. 
you're literally settling and taking less than what you deserve. Like, once you get to the point where you master self-love, once you master, I can only say master because you could never master a relationship with God. That's an ongoing process. But once you get that, that wave of having a relationship with God and putting God first, then you will learn how to not put yourself in a situation where less is required from you. And the craziest part is like how this podcast came to mind. It's been in my head for like a month now, but sometimes I just don't want to say things. But as soon as I I clicked on Instagram today and I read this post and it hit me so hard and it's like a huge confirmation. And it said counterfeits don't leave voluntarily. Taking an unwavering stance is required. Standards will expose those who come with a hidden agenda. I'm going to say that one more time for y'all. Standards will expose those who come with a hidden agenda. I really, really wish I can share something that just happened recently, but I'm not even going to touch on that. But standards will expose those who come with a hidden agenda. What that means, when you set your standards up and and tell somebody what you're not going to tolerate, and if they disappear, let them go. We second guess ourselves when somebody don't, don't want to match up to our standards. Stop second guessing yourself or guessing like, I, oh, I must not be good enough. Like, sis, they not good enough for you. It's not you not being good enough. They're not good enough for you. Just because you set a standard and said, this is what I want. This is what I deserve. I want respect. I want peace. We be asking for small, corny stuff. You don't never ask a man to respect you or don't cheat on you or don't do certain things. That's common sense for a person to know how to do. And I understand the whole concept where guys be like, how am I supposed to know what she like? Like, that, that is basic, basic instructions of respecting, being faithful. Like, those things are really basic things that's required. But now, of course, you can help a man to show, like, oh, you, I don't even think you have to show a man what you like. Because me, I'm the type of woman, I'm going to study everything you like. So you don't have to tell me to do certain stuff because I didn't sit and study you by by a certain point of the relationship. But no, when you set standards, you will see people hidden agendas. And I think that goes for relationships, friendships, family, everything. Like when you start telling people no, when you used to be that yes person, you're going to see who's for you and who's not for you. When you start telling people I'm not tolerating that no more and they look at you like you crazy, they can't play you no more. Oh, well. You have to be like, oh, well, like me, everybody know I am the most, I am so super soft. I'm a, I'm like a lover, emotional crybaby. I am super soft and I was always a yes person, but it's like, you're not about to keep playing games with me. That's what you're not about to do. Like I didn't went through hell. Like can't nobody, I went through hell. Jesus. I went through hell to get where I'm at right now. I'm still going through hell and stuff to obtain and stay in this level where I'm at. Like, it's a lot of stuff that I don't even post on social media no more what I'm doing. But it's just like, I really work hard to get here. I cried a lot. I done a lot. So I'm not about to jeopardize that or negotiate my worth for another person again. But when you, then when I say the healed version has a soulmate. And like I said, soulmate is not in the Bible, but it's a person that's going to attract that healed version of you. That's even though you're going to have some wounds there that still need like work to like, he's going to be there to help you and to love you and help you unlearn those things. 
but you can't go don't go to no man that's broken like a relationship would not work at all if you're going to a man that's broken it would not work it's absolutely impossible after you done the work and heal not being perfect but actually done some work a man who's for you he will help you through that journey he will come in the middle of your process and help you help you unlearn show you that it's okay to be like love again because it's so hard to attempt to love again when your heart has been like damaged and crushed like i think that's my biggest fear is loving again after everything i went through but another person god sends for me he's gonna be patient like he's gonna be like i got you like i understand that you're sensitive and it's like i understand this the heal version has a soulmate the worst thing you can do is keep the counterfeit version. The counterfeit version is that person that you're attracted to and you think is the one why you're broken. The worst thing you can do is keep that person around trying to force it to work. You will literally delay everything. When I say everything, you will delay every single thing with your name on it. We don't understand how crucial and how dangerous it is to be connected to someone in a relationship that's not for us. Like it literally messed up and detour your whole entire life if you do that. And I didn't understand that like, if I didn't let go of everybody from my past, I can't even imagine where would I be right now. And I'm not saying I'm, I mastered that area, I haven't. It's a lot of times where I I wanna dig in the past and play pickable. But even when I do, or I find myself sliding back that way, I'll be so uncomfortable because I don't even fit there no more. It's like a toddler. It's like a toddler put, it's like a grown person putting their shoes, I mean, putting their feet in some toddler shoes. It just simply don't fit. No matter how hard I try to force myself to fit back in my past, I just don't fit there no more. And it's so uncomfortable. But I had to learn how to be okay, like, and let it go. It's so cliche to say, let it go, let it go. One thing that I really taught myself, I had to ask myself this. What is holding on doing to me? I want you to stop and think, what is holding on doing to you? Is holding on, is it, is it, is it benefiting you? Is you gaining something from it? Is you becoming a better person for it? Or is you stressing out, losing hair, losing weight, um, depressed every other day, having up and down emotions? What is holding on to them? What is it actually doing to you? If you're stressing and going through the all the all of that mess, let it go. And my second question: What do you have to lose if you let it go? You losing stress? Your hair growing back? Oh, your booty came back? Your edge is back? Okay. Like, what do you have to lose? Like, you're you're by letting go, you're actually gaining something in life. And I just learned, like, wow, like, I I can't, it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, I remember just like, oh, my God, this is the one. This is the one. Like, I was so sure. And that kept me in, like, that kept me in, like, I can't even, it kept me really, I was just settled for so much thinking somebody was the one. So, so, so much. I settled for so, so much. Like, I just really did. Like, just one day this person would change. One day this person would get better. And no changes, same results, same, like, program. Like, nothing changed. And I just forced myself, like, Shania, just let it go. You have nothing to lose to let this go. Because when you get to the point in life, I'm done. When you get to the point in life where you're losing yourself over somebody else, 
you lost. You got to make a promise to yourself that I would never lose myself over another person. And I'm like, people always ask, how do you heal? Where do you start? And I can't even tell you, like, I can't, like, I can't even tell you where you start, but I do know where you go. You go to God. You literally ask God, open your heart up, God. Show me the way because my way just keep getting me hurt. Like, my way just keep just making me just, like, my way just not working. Like, I simply went to God and, like, my way just not working, like, it was one of those nights where I just cried and poured my heart out to God. I was like, God, it's just not working no more. And like, God, I don't know what I'm doing to these people to get treated like this. And God was like, you keep allowing this. You doing this to yourself. You keep taking that knife out their hand and stabbing yourself. I had to get to the point where I was like, and I was just so tired. And like I said before, it, it's not a perfect journey. My celibacy journey hadn't been perfect. Um, one thing I am really great at now, I'm really great at self-disciplining myself. Like, um, it's been times where I almost slipped up and had sex. And only thing that stopped me was the thought of Shanice, are you willing to have sex for these few minutes? And this will actually cost you everything you've been working on. This will actually cost you like two or three weeks with depression. This will actually cost you like mental problems. Um, are those three minutes worth everything you've been working towards and everything you've been healing from? Is it worth it? But sometimes your flesh and temptation will be like, girl, forget that. Oh, YOLO, we only live once. But no, like my future is so much bigger than my past. So I'm really self-disciplined when it comes to my celibacy journey. I'm really self-disciplined when it comes to that. Trust me, your girl be this close from slipping up because I'm still human. And I have weakness, but sex never been like a problem where I needed, I needed, I needed, you know? I only had one person who was like a huge weakness to me. And once I mastered him, I was good. Like once like once I mastered him, like mm, we was good to go. But that's it, y'all. Like this was a really passionate one. But um don't let don't let the wrong one keep making you make the wrong decisions in life. Man, a lot of us scream. Oh, wait, wait. I said I was going to end it here. I'm going to end it here really quick. A lot of us scream. I was having this conversation. And I was, I was like, you know how everybody always screaming, hey, I want to be successful. I want to be a millionaire. I'm, I'm going to manifest it. And it's like they say these things, but they're not actually putting the work in behind closed doors to get those results. They think if they say it and just write it down, like it's more than just writing it down and hoping it comes to pass. You actually got to put some sweat in that to make that come like to life. And it's the same way when it comes to relationships. Oh, I want a relationship that's um that's healthy and a man love me, he respect me, he do this, he do that. What are you doing to obtain a healthy relationship? What are you healing within yourself and fixing to get that? What can you bring to the table that you're asking for? We be screaming we want a real relationship, but we're not doing anything to get it. We're not doing absolutely nothing to actually obtain that. I went years talking about relationships, and I was just repeating my same cycles. I was just going through the same stuff, different person. What was changing? Nothing. Absolutely nothing was changing. But to want something that's healthy, you have to be healthy. And that's what I learned. And never feel bad from choosing you and putting yourself first. Like, you deserve it. They, they put two last 
that was the last time they put you last. But I love y'all. I really do. And have a good day.